want you to turn in your Bible to Hebrews chapter 11, and we're going to look at only the 31st verse. I've been on the subject of faith. The uh, subject of faith is such a vast subject and incredibly important. And I've noticed as I preach on faith, it builds faith because faith comes by and hearing comes. There isn't a greater message I could preach that, than, than to preach faith. I've noticed when people get faith, they start doing things on their own. <laughs> when you get faith inside your heart and you begin to realize what God has done for you and what he has provided for you. You know, the, the hundreds of times in the Bible that said that, that uh, who we are in Christ or who Christ is in us. When you begin to get the revelation, when you just looked up in him or in whom. If you just look those up and find out what you are in him or what he is in you. Or what you possess. See, when we got saved, if we give our heart to Jesus, we get a direction. We have an ultimate direction. We have direction for our life. We know that that direction is heaven. But when he is in us, we get destiny. And we begin to walk in God's plans. And that's why it talks about the engrafted word of God. That the word has to be engrafted in us. It talks about that if we abide in him and his word abides in us. If we abide in him and his words abide in us, we'll ask what we will and it shall be done unto us. Look at somebody and say, if he abides in me and I abide in him, then I can ask what I will and it'll be done. That's what the Bible says. I didn't make that up. I didn't manufacture that. I didn't create it. I didn't write it. I just read that to you. That's what it says. If, we, if his words abide in us and we abide in him, then we'll ask what we will and it'll be done unto us. That's a promise from God. That's God's desire for us. And when we sing songs like nothing is impossible, that's what it really means. You know, when the Bible says to him that believes, all things are possible and nothing is impossible to him that believes. Did you know the Bible actually meant that? I mean, I, it, it meant what it said and it said what it meant. When God told us that nothing's impossible to us, then he was indicating to us that on that level, when I have a, a, a confidence in God, this is the confidence that we have in him, that if we ask anything according to his will, God has not given us the right to manipulate. I have no right to do that. But I have a right to believe. I have a right to act in faith. God won't change, uh, uh, God will not use my faith to manipulate people or manipulate things. And he doesn't do things based on erroneous belief. You know, if I'm an envious person, you know, I, I want to grow this church, I really do, I want to see God do it. But if my motives were to be bigger than the other church, then the motive would be wrong and, and it would be competitive and it would be a different, God would not honor that faith. He would not honor that. God would not honor envy. Because he said where envy and strife is, there's every evil work. But he did say this, and this is clear. That if we know his word and we act on his word and we, and we walk in his word, that the confidence that we have is if we ask anything. Look at somebody say anything. anything. That, that, what does anything mean? Anything. It means anything. Anything is If we ask anything according to his will. According to his will then we know that he hears us and then we'll know that we have the petitions we've desired of the Lord. When I don't receive from the Lord, I ask a couple of questions. When I pray, because I pray, the majority of my prayers are answered. I have a prayer life with God that when I pray, things happen. I didn't say it happened overnight. I didn't say it happened instantaneously. 
not the manifestation of it. Now, I know when I pray, if I believe, then I'll receive it. Isn't that what he says? If I pray, when I pray, believe that I receive it and I'll have it. We talked about that last week or the week before about receiving from God and believing to receive. Not believing that God would do it, but that we would believe we would receive what God has done. Amen. The Bible doesn't say pray that God will do it and you'll have it. It said pray that you'll receive it and you'll have it. Believe that you receive it and you'll have it. So I don't have instantaneous miracles. Sometimes I have. <clears throat> I remember one time I was just a little guy and, and I, don't, I don't know, maybe 14, 13 or 14 and I had lost my permanent tooth right in the center of my mouth and my sister had actually knocked it out. We used to fight like cats and dogs and, uh, and uh, she, I was eating an apple and she was trying to be funny and as I was biting on the apple, she hit the apple and the tooth came out with the apple. Yeah, that was a bad day. <laughs> And so here I am with a permanent tooth, and it's gone, and, uh, and there's, there's a hole in my mouth. And they had gone to the dentist, and the dentist, of course, said, well, that's his permanent tooth. You know, likelihood of anything, you know, I mean, it's just, we're going to have to do something later in life, and we'll put something in there, false tooth or whatever, uh, you know, bridge or something, you know. But I was young then, so they didn't want to do it right at that moment, so I've got to live with an empty hole in my mouth. And... Uh, <laughs> And, uh, and uh, despite that, I was wrestling. I wrestled when I was younger, and some guy came up with his head and broke the bottom tooth off in half. So now I got a big hole. You know what I'm talking about? I'm talking about gap at the top and the bottom, and they, and they matched, you know. <laughs> I look like a scarecrow for sure, you know. Uh, you know, you put me in the yard, hang me up, you know. So, so I am, uh, we're on our way to see my, my grandmother in Chattanooga, Tennessee, my dad was born in the, in the hills of Tennessee in a place called Sunbright. And uh, they all moved to Chattanooga later. He went into the Navy and went overseas in the Navy. He was a professional baseball player, got drafted. And then he went over in the Navy and met my wife in Well, uh, Not my wife. <laughs> wasn't my wife. It wasn't my wife, Brother Greg, no. No, he met his wife, my mother, <laughs> in, in New Zealand. And uh, they, they, they uh, met each other in a bar. And uh, they were dancing for two weeks and got married. I wouldn't recommend that. We kind of grew up strange. I'll just admit it. And, uh, and uh, you know, know each other a little bit longer, fall in love a little bit longer, and try not to do it while you're drunk. It's a good idea. And so, anyway, I don't think they were drunk. I'm just saying it's not a good idea to be drunk and get married. So, anyway, I, uh, <laughs> my mother was born in the Samoan Islands. Uh, she, is, uh, she was uh, a Tongan. Her mother was of Tongan descent. And so that's why I've got this big, fat, round face and... So anyway, but they, they, we were on our way to Chattanooga, Tennessee, and we were going to see my grandmother. But on the way, we stopped in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. Anybody want to know where Muscle Shoals is? You, somebody has an idea where, you know where Muscle Shoals is. So we stopped in Muscle Shoals, Alabama. And this is the Tri-City tri area there, and, and uh, my aunt lived there. My, uh, uh, so uh, we stopped at Robbie Joe's house. And so... <laughs> When we stopped at Robbie Joe's house, because it was the halfway point, sort of kind of a, you know, it was just the use, the, use the ant thing to sleep. So anyway, we, we stopped over at her house. She saw this hole and big gaping thing in my mouth. And my mom and dad told her that, that I was believing God to replace my tooth. I was, believe, I was going to be, believe God, have faith that God was going to put another tooth there. 
And she thought that was absolutely insane and crazy. Why would you do that to your child? That's what, what are you, nuts? You need to get this kid to a doctor. You need to get him to the dentist and put a tooth in there. You're gonna, he's going to live embarrassed for, the, for his teenage years. You're fools and you need to do something about this. And I remember going to my Aunt Robbie Joe, and I said, Robbie Joe, I said, if God puts a tooth in that hole, by the time I come back and there's a tooth there, will you get saved? See, I was even an evangelist back then. Amen. <laughs> And so she said, yes, I will. I said, okay, well, I'm going to believe God's going to put a tooth in my hole in that spot. And, and when we come back, it'll be there. Now, this is just days. We're going for Christmas, coming back. These stories kind of, you know, around Christmas, I thought I'd tell you the story. So we, we went to Grandma's and no tooth. And then we left Grandma's on our way back to, to where we were going in Missouri. And as we were passing through Muscle Shoals, Alabama, we reached the city limits. And I was believing God in that car that he was going to put another tooth in the hole where I had lost two teeth. And uh, there was no tooth. But she said she'd get saved if, if I would get another tooth in that hole. And I just continued to believe and to pray. Notice my motives were right. Notice my, my thoughts were right. It was, a, it was for God to bless me so somebody else could receive. How many know God gave the best gift so that you and I could receive? You know, we, we see, in, in, you know, there's all kinds of controversies out there and all kinds of stuff. You know, people, the, the, I, I just saw where on news where they got that atheist sign up in New York that says, you know, who needs Christ in Christmas, that type of thing. And, uh, you know, well, first of all, there's no Christmas without Christ. <laughs> there is no Christmas without Christ. And just to celebrate the change of the position of the sun is stupid. And what this, this whole season is about, the reason you and I give gifts to other people is to represent what God did for us. That God gave us his gift, his son, his only begotten son, that who would ever believe on him should not perish, but have everlasting life. Some of my motives are right. And so we pulled down Robbie Joe's street, no tooth. And I was feeling, I had my thumb up in there and I was feeling for this tooth. I was waiting for this tooth to come out in faith. Believing God, and the Bible says if we believe all things are possible to him that believes. Now this is a true story. This is what actually happened. We pulled in, made the turn, and as soon as the wheels of our car hit the driveway of Robbie Joe's house, I cut my thumb on a tooth. By the time I reached the front door, a tooth was halfway out of the spot. I walked in, knocked on the door, she opened the door, I said, look, you got to get saved. <laughs> she went to her room and never came back out until we left, you know. But God had put a tooth in that hole. Jesus did that. The Jesus that I served. Now here's the best part about it. I have since kept that tooth that tooth is still there that's that's this one and it happens to be right in the middle of my mouth because i had braces and they moved them all the way the other one's false <laughs> that tooth remained i shouldn't have told you i was gonna look at me every time you look at me you know, he got a false tooth he got a false tooth right there in his mouth when they put it in, they left that black stuff at the top. I've tried forever to get rid of that, and it's still there. So when, you, when I smile and you see that little black ring, that's glue. Amen. That's not, that's not food. I don't have food particles in my mouth. Amen. An interesting thing about faith is that throughout history, we can see the, the, the plan of God unfold. 
And if you looked at this Hebrews 11.31, we find out about this lady. By faith, the harlot Rahab perished not with them that believed not. When she had received the spies with peace. Now I'm going to go a little further in this at a later date. But today I just want to scratch the surface of who Rahab. Does anybody know who Rahab was? Rahab was a whore. Five times in the Bible she is listed as a harlot. I mean God wanted us to know she was a whore. Now uh, the Bible never paints anything real pretty. and never, uh, never leaves out the bad stuff. It puts it in so we can understand the depravity of man and without Jesus we're all depraved. You were born with a sin nature. No matter who you are and no matter how good you are you were born with a sin nature. And here we have this lady who lived in this city that they're about to destroy. The, 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 the Lord had told the people of Israel to go in and wipe this city out and she, we are told, has this, has this house inside the wall of this city. And so she is this horrible person who probably is running a brothel. I mean, that's probably the truth of it. And she is the worst of the worst sinner. She's selling herself and everything she is for men. And every man in the city knows her. And amazingly enough, the spies end up at her house. And so here she, she you know, they send two spies to spy out the city so they can see how powerful the army was in the city. And so as they're doing this, Rahab uh, realizes that, that they're there and provides shelter for them. And it's kind of amazing, if you hear the story, she took the, the roof thatch off and hid them under the roof thatch, these bundles of wheat, and hid, her, hid these men. And the reason that's important is because the season was such that, uh, in, it was no coincidence, but that, that at this season, they were harvesting. So it would have been normal for her to have taken or to have a thatch or a bunch of, you know, these wheat things sitting on the ground. And I mean, you think how God places all the timing so perfectly. And uh, so here's this horrible person who, who is a reject of society, who nobody deems to be important. Who, and, and I want you to think of people as a whole. Without Jesus Christ, folks, we're, uh, we're eternally damned to hell. Whether you like that or not, without Jesus Christ, your, your righteousness is as a filthy rag. And you are just like this harlot. You're just like this lady Rahab. You are provisionless. You have no future. And you have no hope. Because unless you're born again, you can't enter the kingdom. There's no safety. There's no salvation without Jesus. And so here this person is. She provides this. Now why did she provide it? In this passage that we, if we looked in the passage where it's listed in the stories told, we find out that she had heard about all the victories and all the power of Israel and how they had come in and desolated. And she says in this passage that your God is the God of the world. You're, we, I believe. She says, I believe. Well, isn't that the demonstration of faith? We have a person who's a nobody, a nothing, who's going nowhere, who has no hope, no chance of success, no nothing, and a reject of society. That's us. Can you see it? Who hears about the goodness of God or hears about God. In our case, the Bible says that faith comes by hearing and hearing comes by the word of God. So we see she hears, just like the woman with the issue of blood, having heard that Jesus was going about. She heard and she came in and pressed in behind the press so she could receive. I want you to see this. And so she heard the word and believed the word. But she didn't just hear it. She also heard and believed. She believed it so much that she hid the spies. This is the act of faith. Her action, her act 
on behalf of what she heard, what did it do for her? They told her, if you will put a scarlet cord out of your window, a scarlet cord out of your window, when we come to siege the city and to destroy it, realize no one was going to survive. I want you to know, without Jesus, nobody survives. You're not going to survive without Jesus. And so this city, they're going to be desolated. No one is going to survive. How amazing is this? If you'll hang this scarlet cord out of the window, then you'll be spared. Yes. You'll be spared. Yes. A nobody, a nothing, a worthless piece of dung yes, who didn't deserve it other than she believed it and received it. She acted on what she believed. Then she did something really great. She said, I want to see my whole family. That's evangelism. Go you into all the world and preach the gospel. See, once we receive the light and the goodness of Jesus Christ, once we believe and receive, then we can then become a, 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 a promise giver. We can go out into a world that does not have it to the rest of the sinners, to the rest of those who are going to be destroyed. Because without Jesus, none of us, and without her, none of the men and women, none of her family, none of those people would have, been, have, would have survived it. If we don't tell people, if we don't share the good news of Jesus Christ, then they won't be saved. They'll be lost. But we have a scarlet cord. What's the scarlet cord? Oh, hallelujah. The scarlet cord represented the stream of the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the blood. Nothing but the blood of Jesus. What can wash away my sin? Nothing. Glory to God. But the blood of Jesus. What can make me whole again? Nothing but the blood of Jesus. Oh, precious is the flood. Hallelujah. Now you got to see this is amazing because this lady hears the word. She acts on the word. She, she, she stores the spice. She acted out her belief. But she didn't wait to act out her belief. She did not know when it was going to happen. That's the rapture. She did not know when they were coming to destroy the city. She had no idea when they were going to lay siege on the city. But she put the cord out the moment they told her. <laughs> Hallelujah. We don't know when he's going to come back. We don't know when we're going to leave the planet. But we've got the blood of Jesus for right now. Salvation is for right now. Glory to God. You may have wondered, you may have read that scripture a hundred times and thought, why is Rahab in this passage? Why is there a Rahab? What is she all about? Because she is a faith rep. That's why when it says, by faith. You've got to understand, she used her faith. She didn't use her strength, her will. She didn't run from the siege. She used faith. Folks, we don't have to run from trial. We don't have to live in fear. You know, all the news media gets out there and they always make it sound like we're in doom, gloom, agony, and despair, and everything's falling apart. You better go get you a cellar, stock you some canned goods up because the world's coming to an end. I got news for you. I walk by faith and not by sight. As long as the earth remains, there will be seed, there will be time, and there will be harvest. I don't walk in fear. He said, fear not. From that day to this, he meant it. It's fear not. Lo, I am with you always. 
You don't have to stock up no cans. You ain't got to worry about the end of the world. I'm going in the rapture of the church. God's going to call me out. Don't you get over there in that doom gloom. Don't you get over there in fear. Don't you let anybody put you under fear. We're not under bondage. We've been delivered. I've been translated from the kingdom of darkness into the kingdom of light. I walk in the light. I don't mean to holler. But it just happens. I can't help it. You may not know this, but I want you to think about what faith did for this lady. You now have a backdrop for the story of Rahab. You understand that she operated in faith. She heard about God. She heard about his goodness. She dropped that cord out. The day they told her, when they left, she had the cord hanging. And she had the cord hanging, and everybody saw it. There wasn't, she, I mean, it was on, she was on the outside of the wall, and every man in that city was coming through there. I want you to understand she didn't deserve it. There wasn't a thing about her that deserved it. You may be sitting in this room and thinking, how do I get saved? You don't deserve it. Not one of us sitting in this room can do anything that causes us to deserve the blood stain of Jesus Christ. Not one thing. And not one thing you've done. I want you to think how bad this is. Not one thing you've done is too big that that scarlet cord won't save you. Glory to God. His blood reaches to the highest mountain. It flows to the lowest valley. That blood. The blood that Jesus shed. Now what you may not know is that her faith was so great. Let me show you something. We're sure of a couple of things. It was a remarkable deliverance. And here's what we're sure of. Number one, it's, it, it demonstrates for us salvation of sinners. I've told you about that. It shares to us and, and examines to us and expresses to us that God wants to save sinners. Listen, I, sinners is not a bad word. If you're sitting in here this morning and you hear me say sinners, you can apply that to yourself. That's someone who does not know Jesus, who's not living for Jesus. That's a sinner. The best part about it is you don't have to be one of those. You're not required to be a sinner. You can be a saint. This lady went from sinner to saint. How do I know that? I want you to see what God will do. He'll take a nobody and a nothing. He'll, he'll take a nada and a wasn't. He'll take, a, he'll take somebody who nobody else ever saw good in. Who nobody else would have declared anything special. Nobody would have looked at her as a deliverer. Nobody would have seen her in the light of salvation. And somehow she was that special. Now she was just a whore. But listen, she got saved. And I mean this in the, in the Old Testament sense, not in the New Testament. She believed and she walked in the light that she had. But it was representative of us of a new salvation, the salvation of Jesus Christ. But what else did it do? Listen to this. I want to read this to you so you'll see how important she was. What happened to Rahab after the fall of Jericho, we know this much. She married a Jewish man named Salmon. And together they had a son named Boaz. 
whose name pops up in the book of Ruth. <laughs> Boaz and Ruth both gave birth to Obed. He was the father of Jesse. Who was the father of David? Now listen, when she married the word Boaz, when she married Salmon, the word Salmon means uh, Judah. <laughs> Are you kidding me? So she gets out of this mess. She gets through the scarlet cord of deliverance, delivers her family, and marries praise. Are you serious? Are you serious? <laughs> How important is that's what the Bible sometimes we miss the meaning. It's not just that Rahab believed God and received. No, man. And David, who became the king of Israel, hundreds of years later, that name shows up. In the first pages of the New Testament, when Matthew gives the genealogy of Jesus and includes this, Salmon, the father of praise, Boaz, whose mother was Rahab. Boaz, the father of Obed, whose mother was Ruth. And Obed, the father of Jesse. And Jesse, the father of King David, who was the father of Jesus through his lineage. Her faith extended from a whore <laughs> Do you get it? Can you see it? How God will take us from the worst of the worst the the, the ah, and make us a something and a somebody and a and a God. There's hope. There is help. My God is the God of all gods. He's the King of all kings. Would you shout? Would you shout? Oh my God.